God, we want to thank you this morning, and we give you praise. You are so worthy. Jesus is worthy to receive all glory and honor and praise. Oh, Lord, we need you more, 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 more. Fill us, Lord. Fill us. We would decrease that you would increase. Jesus, you would increase. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to change microphones. Because somewhere last, somewhere last Sunday, the little thing that protects it from wind came off down there somewhere. I can't find it anywhere. It's just noisy. Maybe it's just me. Oh, did you find it? Yeah? Oh, cool. Where is it, Dave? Oh, it's in the bin. Okay, well, I'm going to use this mic. That kind of limits me a little bit because I like going like this. But anyway, we'll just, we'll just go for that. Hey, as I, prayed on, as I was praying this week, I really felt led to continue on from last week about the message of the glory of God. Oh, I found myself... When you subject yourself to sitting with the Lord, when you subject yourself to things that feed the spirit and not your flesh, you find yourself getting more emotional. Does anyone else ever find that? Oh. You find yourself being more sensitive to the things of the Holy Spirit because that's what you're feeding yourself on. It's the same in, your, in our diet. You know, when I was a bit younger, I... I used to like sugary things, but I don't, I don't. I, I used to love cheesecake. I hardly ever have cheesecake anymore because it's just too sweet. There's all these things, pavlova, don't really like it, too sweet. All this kind of stuff. And I used to start to feed myself things, things like green tea. Well, going from sugar to green tea, you know what my palate was saying, don't you? Blech. But I was going, no, I'm going to persist with this green tea. I'm going to persist with these other herbal teas. I'm going to persist with them. And you know what? My palate actually loves them now. And sugar is just like, even if someone accidentally puts a little bit of sugar in my coffee, I'm like, oh, I can't drink it. You see, whatever you feed, whatever you feed, you will start to desire. It, it, it will be palatable to you, Yes. You get a taste for it. So if you're feeding yourself with the things of this world that was already being shared before, you're going to start to have a taste for it. But if you feed yourself with the things of God, then anything else is going to be in your mouth. 
I was reading a little, I was watching a little segment from the, the Brownsville Revival and I was listening to some of the young people and here was this 16, 17 year old girl came up in the microphone and she was weeping and she says, I was, I was in witchcraft. I have been in witchcraft for years but Jesus has set me free. She says, it's been so long since I said a cuss word. And if, you didn't, and if you don't know what that means, cuss word is like swear word in Australian. It's been so long since I've said a cuss word. And, she, and then she turned and she was weeping. <laughs> she was weeping. And she said, I have no taste for sin in my life at all. Jesus, it's all Jesus. And we can say yes, yes, yes. And, you know, but I think we think about sin as in, I haven't committed adultery, I haven't murdered anyone, I haven't stolen anything. But you know what? Have you lied? Have you spoken about someone behind their back? Have you pulled someone down? Have you gossiped? Are you carrying unforgiveness? Are you carrying it? You know what? It's all a stench in the nostrils of God. And this is why we need the glory of God. Because when we encounter the glory of God, we won't want anything else. You're like, oh, I don't want that. I'm not carrying around that unforgiveness. I'm not carrying around that burden. I'm not carrying around that judgment. I'm not, oh, yuck. Because that's the essence of the new covenant. When we're born again from above, God said, I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you and I will move you to follow me. We're not following the letters of the law on a screen. The letters have been written on our heart by the Holy Spirit and we are following Him. Oh, there's only two amens. Oh, the next bit. Oh, You know, we don't want to just be a people of His presence. This is what I... This is what I said last week. We don't just want to be a people of His presence. Is that an amen? Don't... Don't misunderstand me, but if you were here last week, you know where I'm going with that. You know, because Moses, you know, just for those that weren't here, let's just recap. The, the Israelites were an obstinate people and they were doing their own thing. And God said, I've had enough. I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to send my angel and my angel's going to go with you. And Moses was like, no, no. And Moses' prayer life is a prayer life that I so admire, but it's just like, that's just because, as I said last week, he didn't say, God, these people are doing it. He said, God, we have sinned before you. You see, we, whilst our salvation is personal, it's actually corporate. Because we all become part of the body of Christ. And when I speak against Julie, I'm actually speaking against myself. And more importantly, I'm actually speaking against Jesus because it's Jesus' body. Anyway, so Moses said, well, you've, uh, God said to Moses, you found favor with me. You found favor with me. I know you by name. And the reason that Moses found favor with God was because of the humility that he experienced in that place. Because, you know, the, the one time that Moses wasn't humble 
was the moment that led him to missing out and going into the promised land because he took the side of God instead of the side of the Israelites. And he said, God, these people. And God went, "Uh uh-oh. You see, humility is everything. The way we walk before God and the way we walk before one another is everything. So God said, you have found favor with me and therefore I will send my presence with you. What a beautiful thing to know that we walk with the presence of God. And there is truth that we carry the presence of God. God is with us. God is in us. It is so true. It is so true that when people get together to deal with matters, that God is there in the midst of them. That is all true. But something, but Moses had a taste for something that was more than just a knowledge that God was with them. And we can rely upon having a knowledge from Scripture that God is with us. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And at sometimes in worship, we get the little goosebumpy things or we get the little touch. Oh, and we're like, oh, thank you for your presence, God. That's awesome. I'm not saying it's not. God's not saying it's not. But God is giving us an invitation to go from His presence to His glory. There's something in me that says, God, I am thankful for everything you have done and everything you are doing, but I know there's more. And Moses was like that because he said, God, I thank you, but God, show me your glory. In Exodus 33, show me your glory. And God said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim the name, the Lord, before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Because the Lord said, you cannot see my face and live. He hid him in the cleft of the rock and his glory just came, his goodness just came all over him. Can we be a people that say, God, show me your glory. Because it's not just about me or you being in his manifest glory. It will cause the transformation of Bundaberg. You see, we're not here. So, so much of Christianity is so selfish. I didn't like that message today. I didn't like that song today. I didn't appreciate that that didn't happen. I, 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 I. It's true. I remember 20 years ago when I was pastoring a church, there was a, there was a fight over what color the carpet was going to be. Some of you have probably been in similar situations. What does it matter? Don't worry, we won't have fluoro pink. (laughs) Woo! That might be a distraction from the real thing. But what does it matter? Because he is the one that we need. Just as the truth is of Scripture, the the moment we are born again, we are a son. Amen? 
but we are still learning to become sons, learning how to walk out our sonship. My son, Nick's not here. Oh, I didn't say that. Nick and Krista had their baby last Sunday night. We were worshipping here and when I got off, we saw the, the message and that Krista had a, a baby girl and her name is Viola Naomi and they're all doing well and uh, you'll see them soon. So anyway, my other son's here. The other one's out there somewhere. He was my son. From the moment he was born, from the moment he was conceived, and we saw the pictures of him in Bonnie's tummy. He was my son. But over time he's matured and he's grown. It's the same spiritually. And I'm so proud of him. And I love him. And we, we're, we're like that spiritually. When we're born again, sons, when we're learning how to walk it out, we're learning, we're learning how to walk out in the fullness of the authority and the inheritance that we have in Christ because Christ has done it all. We're not trying to obtain it. We already have it. We're just learning how to walk it out. We're just learning how to walk out signs and wonders and miracles. We're just learning how to walk out salvation. We're just learning how to walk this stuff out. We, we're not trying to attain it. We've already got it. We're just trying to learn to walk it out. And the same is true with the glory of God. We know that the glory of God covers the earth. It's already a truth. It's already there. We're just trying to get into a place where we actually recognize the glory of God. And you see the glory of God here. Whoa. But there is some divine exchange that happens. There is some divine encounter that happens where it's like there's just a, just a breaking forth and the, the weight of His glory is so strong that you can't stand in His midst. And some people are on the floor and other people are weeping and crying and other people are rejoicing and other people are like this and other people are being convicted of their sin. Other people, it's, it's what it, but it's the glory of God. Are we okay with this? Because this is where we're going. This is where we want to go. We want to be a people of His glory. We don't just want to be known for a people of His presence. We want to be a people of His glory. The only way we're going to find favour with the city according to the Word is, is if we keep seeking the face of God and we say, God, here we are, use us. But we don't want to be like Israel, where the Ark of the Covenant was captured. I'm going off script for a bit. Is that okay? In 1 Samuel 4, like I said last week, you know, that the priesthood was corrupt. And God had to deal with the priesthood. They were corrupt. There was sin in the house. There was all this stuff going on. And in the end, the priesthood passed away. You know, and the daughter-in-law gave birth. And in, in that moment, she named him Ichabod, which means the glory has departed from Israel. And much of the church across Australia, and please don't mishear me, this is not a criticism thing, but it's a reality because the reason our nation is where our nation is is because we are not the people of His presence and the people of His glory that we should be. 
The church in Australia has walked away from being a house of prayer, seeking the face of God, and we've just been content with programs and religious rituals when there's something in us that says, no, there's a stirring in my heart. It's for more of God and I need Him. I remember John Bevere in his book called Good Old God. Man, I'm really going off script now. I'm just going to go with the Holy Spirit and let's just see what happens. You know, I remember that I used to have a statement and I, and I used to say there's a big difference between good or God. We can fill our lives with lots of good things, but in the end, all it does is tire us out. We just need to do the God thing. And then John Bevere wrote a book and I'd never really read much of his stuff beforehand, but it was called Good Old God. And I thought, I think I need to read that one. And there was this chapter about the presence of God. Now, this is a man that has traveled the nations. I don't know how many nations he's been to. He's preached before thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And one night in his hotel room, he broke before the Lord. And he said, Lord, something's not right. What is the problem? And he said, the Lord said to him, my people have exchanged my presence for atmosphere. You know, atmosphere can move you. You can go to a movie, you can go to a rock concert, you can find yourself in the right atmosphere and you'll be weeping, you'll be crying, there'll be stuff going on in you. But you still stay the same. That is the litmus test between presence. Are you encountering the presence of God or are you just encountering a good atmosphere? Because you, you cannot encounter the presence of God time and time again and still remain the same person that you were last week, last month. If it's just atmosphere, you're going to go, whoo, that was so good, wasn't that so good? And you'll go out and you'll be exactly the same person you were before you came in again. But if you're encountering the presence of God, there's something in you that goes, I don't want that anymore. I want to live the full life that was purchased for me at Calvary. I'm sick and tired of the sin. I'm sick and tired of the addictions. I'm sick and tired of the oppression. I'm sick and tired of these things that have held me back. I'm sick and tired of the lies of the enemy. I just want to live for Jesus. Because he's under my feet. The enemy being, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. Is he under your feet? He's under your feet. Come on. He's under your feet. He's under your feet. Satan is under your feet. Woo! It's true. God is wanting to lift his people up in such a way that we see him in all his glory and in all his splendor. So we can take the land. Ah, where do I go from here? You know, Isaiah. In the, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated high and on a lofty throne. And the, the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. 
with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies, the Lord God Almighty. His glory fills the whole earth and the foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices. Can you imagine that? The sound of the voices singing, holy, 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 and the building is shaking. Woo! There's power. And as I said, woe I am, woe is me, for I am ruined. <laughs> for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the glory of God. One of the seraphim flew to me in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs and he touched my mouth and he said, now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. God has done that for us in Jesus Christ. I said, God has done that for us in Jesus Christ. He has touched us and he has removed the penalty for our iniquity. It's interesting, isn't it, that when Moses was... Are we okay if we keep going today? Interesting that he said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, I will cause all my goodness to pass over you. There is so many dimensions to the glory of God and we don't have time to get into them and maybe we can't even go there because we don't even actually fully understand it all because God is just infinite. Like he just, you know, it's like there is no end and it's like we're not going to know it all until we actually see him face to face. But it's interesting that he says, I will cause all my goodness to pass over you. And it's interesting that Paul picks up on that fact and he says, it's the kindness and goodness of God that leads us to repentance. When we are face to face with the goodness of God, there's something that happens in here. Well, there should be. You remember the story that I've told you, and maybe there's a new, some new people here, so you don't, so you've never heard it, of Graham Cook, a prophet who was visiting a local fellowship one day, and the Lord showed him that the associate pastor was stabbing the senior pastor in the back. And you know what Graham's first thought was? He goes, that's it. I'm just going to expose him. And the Lord went, uh-uh. He said, not only will that destroy him, but you'll actually divide the church and cause a big split. And he goes, oh. So, Father, what do you want me to do? Come here. Steve, come here. Two Steves. Face that way. Face that way. Steve is representing the senior pastor. Other Steve. (laughs) He's representing the associate pastor. He got them both up before the whole of the fellowship and he started to prophesy the goodness of God over this Steve's life. He said, Steve, the Lord has called you to be an armour bearer. For Steve, he has called you to guard his back. He's called you. And he just keeps prophesying and prophesying and prophesying what it should be, not what it is. He was broken with the kindness and the goodness of God that led him to repentance. Thank you. 
he went out the back afterwards and he said to Graham, he said, you have no idea what I have been doing. And Graham said, well, yes, I do actually. And he was overcome even more that God knew and yet he chose not to reveal it, but he chose to speak in what he should be. That is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Part of prophecy is not just, you know, it's not about I'm prophetic and I find the faults in everybody. No, no, no. It's actually finding the gold in people. It's actually calling people out of where they are into what they should be. That is, pro- that is, that is a key part of the prophetic thing. You start to speak those things that aren't as if they are and you start seeing what God will start doing now I'm not saying God doesn't identify some things that we need to deal with from time to time not saying that but there's far too many people in the body of Christ that think they have a prophetic gift and all they do is point out the faults with people doesn't take a a prophetic person to see that The veil's been torn. Can you think about this? Can you think about the the encounters that that Moses had with the glory of God? Do you you remember when Moses went up on the mountain and he was with God? He was with God and 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 he came back down from the mountain and his face was like glowing. It would have veil because the people couldn't look at his face because it was so glowing with the glory of God the glory of God that people couldn't look at him do you remember that in scripture if not read it it's amazing that this was under the old covenants that Moses encountered God in such a way that his face was glowing it's like if you go out on a summer's day in Bundaberg but probably if you go to the beach and you go in the water because the glare off the water you spend a bit of time and what happens you get a red face and people go oh you've been in the sun today haven't you well, what about if people started saying to this, that to us spiritually? Oh, you've been in the sun today. As in the sun that is Jesus Christ. Wow, you've been in the sun today. Because you are just glowing with the presence and the glory of God. That's what we want, isn't it? Anyway, in 2 Corinthians. So just using Moses as the reference, we read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If the ministry that brought death chiseled in letters on stones came with glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory which was set aside, how, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Do we get that? If... The ministry, if, if, if under the old there was glory, how much more glory is there under the new? It is, it is a prophetic declaration of the book of Haggai that the glory of the latter will be greater than the glory of the former. How much more glorious? For if the ministry that brought condemnation had glory... The ministry that brings righteousness overflows with even more glory. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison of the glory that surpasses it. Isn't that it? You go, wow, isn't that glorious? Until you see something more glorious and you go, wow, that is glorious. I thought that had glory, but wow, this has glory. And that is so true, isn't it? 
It is so true in our walk with Jesus Christ because we measure, you know, I've, I've heard people measure unity by what they've experienced, but what they've experienced is nowhere near unity. They go, we have unity. And I'm going, no, that's unity, maybe what you think unity is, but not according to Scripture. We measure it by what we know, don't we? You know, we come out of a Friday night prayer meeting like Friday and we go, wow, wasn't that awesome? And it was. But if you've tasted more, you go, come on, keep coming. Let's keep walking. It's more glorious. Since then, we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Can we have boldness? We, that was coming out in the, in, that was coming out in the message, um, in some of the words at Friday night prayer. You know, we can come before the throne of grace with boldness. You know, um, I've lost his name now, Jabez, Jabez prayer. 1 Chronicles 4 or whatever it is. Bold. God, that you would enlarge my tents. God, that I would find favour with you. These were people. David was another one. These people grabbed hold of things by faith that maybe they shouldn't have under the old. But how much more under the new when Christ has already done it for us? He, the veil has been torn. The way has been made. We can enter into the most holy place, the holy of holies. That's our dwelling place. It's not a place of visitation. It's a place of habitation. And that is our prayer here and in Bundaberg that we just don't want a visitation of God. We want it to be a holy habitation. And that's why what May said last week during communion is so important, that there would be no gaps. Stand up, Kathy. That there would be no gaps. No gaps. Oh, Kathy, look, just, did you hear what she did? Like, really? Like, what is that about? No, that there would be no gaps because this, according to Ephesians chapter 2, says that God is building us together to become a holy temple for the dwelling place of His presence and His glory. It is not about bricks and mortar, but about human hearts and lives together. Amen. That's why the Lord said to us all those years ago, build people, build people, build people, build people. Have you got a hunger and a desperation for God right now? Oh, I'm not necessarily asking you to raise your hand, but if you want to, that's, that's awesome. You're identifying. You're like, yeah. Feed yourself with the right things. Don't feed yourself with sugar cream buns. Don't feed yourself with pavlova. I'm going to hit some idols here this morning. I can see it right now. I'm going to hit some idols in people's lives. Don't feed yourself with those diet Pepsis and Cokes and all that stuff. Don't feed yourself with that stuff. Coffee is actually good for you. It's true. Real coffee actually does something good for the liver. It is actually true. It's true. But anyway... Let's not get into, see, this, look, see, I'm, I'm hitting things here. People are coming at me. 
We just stick with the stuff that God made. And God did make coffee beans. <laughs> hey? What blood type am I? I don't know. I'm, I'm actually a weird blood type. I can't, I, I can't remember what it is, but I'm actually different. But anyway, anyway, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting sidetracked. You know what I'm trying to say though? Don't feed, don't, don't feed yourself spiritually. I'm, like I'm talking spiritually. Don't feed yourselves on those programs. You know, when, you know, when Christians say, I'm really into Harry Potter, I go, oh my goodness. When Christians say, I'm really into Home and Away, I'm sorry if I'm going to offend somebody here, I go, oh my goodness. When someone says, I'm in the days of my lives, when I'm into the bold and the beautiful, when I'm into this stuff, I go, oh dear, this is just not good, is it? You see what I'm saying? We can feed ourselves with all these kind of things what about if we start to feed ourselves with the things of God what about if we started watching God TV well what about if we started watching revivals that have happened in the past and we're blessed because we can watch that on YouTube I remember when we first started Restoration Center and I'm sorry if I'm speaking a little bit fast but I'm kind of getting a little bit excited I remember that I remember that Ben and Sandra fed me these DVDs and said, I just feel you need to watch this. And it was the church of his presence. It was John Kilpatrick, who was the pastor at Brownsville, had started a new church. And there was one day where just he, he invited an Irish friend of his. Bless the Irish. Amen. Woo, passion for Jesus. Anyway, and, and he invited him in. And, he, and, um, and there was... The first night they had a meeting, there was like two or three little miracles and they thought, wow, praise God, this miracle here, miracle there. The second night it was like, oh, praise God. And then the third night there was this lady came and she was in a wheelchair and she'd been in a wheelchair for a long time. And John felt it in his bones. He goes, it's going to happen again. And you know what? That lady got out of the wheelchair that night and it sparked a revival of faith in the people of God. And all of a sudden, they desired more rather than what they had known. You see, we can give thanks for everything that we've experienced, everything that we've seen, everything, everything that we've been a part of here. Even, even since we've been here in Bundaberg, we can give Him thanks. But you know what? There's something even more glorious. 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 And God is looking for a people, a Gideon's army. He, he doesn't need the 32,000. I mean, that'd be awesome if like a third of Bundaberg was saved and, you know, just like we're all following Jesus together. He doesn't need the 32,000. 300 is enough. But he's just looking for a people that will go, here we are, God. All of us. I am thankful for everything that you have done, but, the, but, but I know that there is more because I read it in your word, there is more. And I have not tasted that yet. And so I'm going after the more. Is there an Amen. David said, I would have lost heart in Psalm 27. I would have lost heart except I know this. I will see. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And there can be times when situations come our way and we can, we can almost feel like losing heart because we haven't seen the breakthrough. We haven't seen the manifestation of the victory. We haven't seen what we believe. But we can stand like David because of the faith that God is depositing in us and saying, but I am confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. 
And this move of God that is coming, this move of His glory and His presence involves you. It involves each and every one of you that has said, God, here I am. It is not going to be about the pastor. It's not going to be about the denomination. It's not going to be about that, as I said last week. It is going to be about each and every single one of you because the body of Christ is going to be mobilized to take Jesus into every place of society. We just got to make sure that we stay connected because what can happen is we can get disconnected. But we are a body. We're meant to stay connected. We need each other. We need to lift up each other's hands. We need to pray for each other. We need to love each other. You see that. You see that in the early church. You see that in the early church, that there was stuff happening everywhere, yet they met daily and they broke bread together. That tells me something. You see, religion takes what is meant to be a lifestyle and turns it into an event. The event is not wrong if it's part of a lifestyle. Our whole life is meant to be a life of worship. Our whole life is, to, is meant to be a life of prayer. Uh, our, our whole life is meant to be a life of generosity and giving. Our whole life. That is our proper response to what God has done for us. Therefore, in view of God's mercies, offer yourselves as living sacrifices of worship, holy and pleasing unto Him. That's our response. Oh man, I got so many notes there, I didn't even get there. I want to just... You know, the, 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 the stripping away, the battles, the fire that's happened has been Isaiah 40. Go back and read Isaiah 40. He's going he's gonna to make the mountains come down. He's going to cause the valleys to come up. He's going to cause the rough ground to become smooth. And then it says that there will be a highway for our God, for His glory to come. That is a scriptural principle. God works in the hearts of His people. He... he he raises, he brings down those areas of pride and resistance in our life. He brings up those areas of, you know, failure and shame and all that stuff. He brings them up and he smooths out everything in our life that our lives would be a conduit for his glory. It's a principle we see in Scripture time and time and time again. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord, strong and mighty. Open up the gates and let the King of Glory in. In spiritually, we've been opening up the gates in the city in various ways to let the King of Glory in. But the one that he really needs is the gateway to your heart. We're going to finish right here. The battle is for your heart. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, your heart is also. So whatever you treasure, that's where your heart is. If you treasure a loved one, your heart will be there. Nothing wrong with that. If you treasure the things of this world, if you treasure fame, you treasure fortune, you treasure these things, that's actually where your heart is. If you treasure your car too much, you're going to be out there polishing it every day. If you, 
If you, if you treasure your lawn too much, you're going to be mowing it three times a week. I've, I've got a person across the road who does it at least three times a week. He wants your heart. Every bit of it. Every part of it. Those wounded parts, he said, a bruised reed I will not break. Those wounded parts, he will touch and he will restore. Those hurts, he will remove. Those traumas will be left behind. Those idols will get smashed. Those other things will get burnt up. He just wants all of you. All is for his glory. Can we be a people of his glory? Can we say, God, we are thank thankful for everything that we've seen you do. We are thankful for who you are. But Lord, we want to go on this journey with you to see your glory manifest in Bundaberg. That Bundaberg would be like a city on a hill as light is going forth. The Bundaberg would know the love of Jesus Christ. The Bundaberg would not be known anymore for Bundaberg rum, but Bundaberg will be known for the only true spirit, that is the spirit of the living God. So he's looking for a people that are not just content with programs, but are passionate for his presence and his glory. And I'm believing that if you are a part of the Household Restoration Centre and you've said, yeah, we're in, it's because you want the same thing. Because that's where I'm going. That's where we're going. That Jesus would be glorified. Jesus would be exalted. Jesus would be magnified. That's just as we've heard today from Heather, just as we've heard today um, from Brent, just as we heard last week about the building, just as we heard these things, that the cry will be, look what the Lord has done, for he has done great things. Give him a clap. Give him the praise. If you need prayer today, today is the day. If you need healing today, today is the day. If you need salvation today, if you don't know Jesus, today is the day. I think uh, Rain's also got my video camera with her today. And if, if anyone wants to put their testimony on there, we want to just, because what we're doing is we're giving people on Thursday a little QR code. We might, might as well use things for God's purposes. We're giving them a QR code and we're going to direct them to local things of what is happening in Bundaberg. The testimonies of what God is doing in Bundaberg. We're going to hand out little things on the back of the, the uh, carols flyer. And when they scan it, they're going to come to the testimonies of what God is doing in Bundaberg right here. Why not? So if you've got a testimony you want to share, please make sure you see her today. If the music team want to come, we're going to respond to the Lord today. Amen. Let's, let's stand together. God, we want to thank you for who you are. 
We want to thank you for everything that you are doing. And we say simply, Lord, glorify your name. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Glorify your name. Amen. Glorify your name. We thank you that you are the healer, you are the restorer, that you are our salvation. Lord, we thank you that you're our provider. We thank you that you're our protector. We thank you, God, that you are everything that we need. And Lord, we collectively stand together before you today. We thank you for everything that you are doing. But God, we ask, God, show us your glory. Lord, we ask for the fire of your Holy Spirit to begin to fall afresh amongst us, O God. We ask for the rain of your Spirit, O God, to fall over your church. God, we ask for the wind of your Spirit to breathe fresh life into us, that we would be marked by your Spirit, we would be marked by your glory, that we would be people of your glory, God. Oh, Jesus. If you want to come down the front, you want to worship down here, if you want to respond to Jesus, if you feel like that you've been living second-class Christianity and today you say there's something stirring in me that I want to live holy for Jesus, then make that decision today.